When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hello, hello. Good afternoon. It is your hump day, hump day edition of the Lori and Julia Show around my talk 1071. Everything entertainment. Uh, keep in mind now that the voting is open. It started at 8 this morning. It's the Name That Kitten contest. And here are your choices, the three finalists. All right, give them to us. Donna Mills. They're finalists already, because we've been voting on this. All day? Yeah. All, no, all for the last couple, for the last couple of weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Donna Mills, Cinderella, and Duck Duck Gray Duck. Those are your three. Oh, Donna Mills, 100%. Oh, then go vote. Go vote. All right, 100%. All right, the, uh, go to the, the MyTalk website. The keyword is name. And uh, somebody is uh, gonna, you know, is going to uh, win uh, some VIP tickets to the Cat Video Fest. Oh, that's so okay, fun that so someone came up with that. Three choices. All right, listen Good. to you fake pretending like you even know what is going on. I do. I read an email from Holly that the voting started this morning, and I forgot that it was the voting for the three finalist names. Oh, oh, oh. I Let do. Us get you a little shovel. And we're gonna announce the winner on our show on Friday at five. So you do know that. I do know that because right, I did the commercial well. for it. That's good. I did the commercial for that's that. That's the only reason you know. <laughs> okay, so yesterday when we were leaving our lovely Tuesday program, um, we were talking about Khloe Kardashian, and then it had popped up. Um, her wax the, figure. Her wax figure had popped up mm-hmm. on the Daily Mail. And I said, well, I wonder what she's going to say about this wax figure uh, that Madame Tussauds unveiled yesterday in Las Vegas. Now, Donnie posted it for us today, so you can play along with us and yes. look at this. But I was wondering, I if thought she would be strong. What what she would think about it? Because I, I I was just like, whoa, this is you can't tell the wax from the real. No. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that is great or not. A compliment? Yeah. Is it a compliment to say you look just like, like your, your wax figure? figure? I'm going to say no. You when look nobody, better in wax. You look better in wax. That's going to be the new line. You look better in wax. So here's what Chloe uh, tweeted out. Um, this is tripping me out, Madam Tussauds. You guys did such a great job. And her fans are praising her. But again, sometimes like Twitter was... And text, you don't always get context because most of the comments were things like the most realistic wax figure ever made. Wow. <laughs> wow. And I'm like, is that a compliment? No, I don't think so. Donnie? Uh, no, it is not a compliment. To, to say that you look like, because most Mm-mm. people, no. it's just like, whoa, they look so much better in real life. Exactly. Right. Or but they, I kind of like that. That's going to be a good new line. You look better in wax. 
I think that's going to be a hot new line. I'm writing it down in the book, Lori. Oh. I'm writing it in our line book. So that book. would be a slam if you say that to somebody. Well, you, well yeah, and it depends on how they take <laughs> well, it. Well, and also maybe... It'd be funny to say to somebody who was walking by on the red carpet, yeah. completely ignoring you. you. I had so much better... I had a better conversation with your wax figure than I had with you. Well, don't scare them away. I don't <laughs> well, know about that. Well, they already have ignored us at that point. Yeah. Well, the thing is, it might be easier to sculpt somebody out of wax that is completely waxy waxy and she's so character over inflated her lips you know she's done so many things to make her features be very pronounced Mm -hmm. and so it's easy to 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 do it rather than a you know realistic and she's in her good american jeans and a lingerie top omg yeah well that's right likes it which one is real you can't tell She could totally do this on the show. I see this happening on Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Oh, yeah. Where she will take the place of her wax figure and... And stand in and, and then yes, see if anyone notices. Notices, but no, yes. they won't be able to tell. Because no. she, no one can tell. I feel like that was done on candid camera years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and just would scare the crap out of yeah. people when people Shouldn't would be go yeah, and be who talking. they were. And like, hello. All right, so Don McLean inadvertently helped us with some show prep today, okay. uh, Julia, and she um, she says she says you got to come in here for a second. You know, she's like whispering, and she said, "I love that commercial, the promo where Donnie is mansplaining." Oh, she said, "You are so full of." Big D energy. Yep. BDE. Yep. You have it. We've been talking about it. And yep. every time I hear it, and I've heard it 12 times, because mm-hmm. they play our promotions more in the morning. Sure. Yes. You know? Yes. And she said, and every time I hear it, I'm just like, oh, Lori. And she said, and Donnie, she goes, what was he thinking? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> you were talking about small never... stature, small in stature, yes, and that means yes. little people. Yeah, have you heard this promotion? No, but oh. I remember when we were talking oh. about okay, it. Okay, well, we let's hear shock. what they've done with it. All right. Okay. Lori and Julia. This comedian of short stature. Think of a short comedian. Oh, you're going to mansplain short yeah, stature, we, I mean, Donnie, that's pretty bad. <laughs> Just trying to help you. But that was a pretty, comedian of short that's stature. That's pretty bad. Very, I know. Definitely. <laughs> let me uh, tell you what short stature means, little you know, lady. Uh-huh. Uh, pull up a bar stool. This might take a minute. Or I'll give you a different question. <laughs> Lori and Julia. Oh, yeah. with- okay. I said, did mm-hmm. you like my John Wayne impression? Oh, yeah. Pull up a little bar stool, little lady. <laughs> Oh my god! And since BDE, Big D Energy, was kind of in the news uh, the last couple days, right? Um, I just thought, it's, yeah, it, thanks, John. Yeah, it's just you know, Moxie. I've always had BDE or whatever you call it. I mean, I've always just been uh, you know more ballsy, and really? I'm not afraid to be loud really? or not liked, or mm-hmm. and at work you get called a bitch, and you mm-hmm. know this kind of thing. Of course, guys, they get BDE. But like Rihanna has uh, BDE, she would be a woman. Cardi B, Kate Blanche at Notions Eight. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not so much no. BDE. Oh my That's gosh, no, this is not my thing. No, no way. But you were just as offended. Oh, at yeah. the mansplaining. I, <laughs> I just like to point out that the last two mansplainings were done by Julia. Not well, it, not to say that anyone can't <laughs> doesn't yeah. over explain. I believe I I did something very goofy on Sex Monday the other day. 
Yes, you did. Yeah. That's right. You've got to be better <laughs> about following following your instincts when it comes to your gut instincts or something oh, yeah. like that. Well, that's important well, to be, be redundant on that just to make a point. Yeah, and because mm-hmm. Julia it was a, it was a um a thing out about a study but it fit in with sex. Surprise. How, how it is in the first 15 minutes of a date that you know if there's going to be anything oh, more to it or not. That's it, all you, it, it takes. You give it that long? Well, you have people give it that long because most people aren't rude and ducking out and hiding and right. running to the bathroom. I mean, it just, it ends up. Excuse me. Yeah. I open the car door and I shut the du- yeah, car door. Yeah. I'm sorry you have the wrong person. <laughs> right. I mean, sometimes, Are you yes. looking for Julia? Oh, I'm Julia. Click. Nobody knows what you're talking no. about. No. Just shutting the door on someone. That was rude. But yeah, it does take, I would say 15 minutes, because then you let their personality come through a little bit. Yes, because maybe what they don't have right away in the looks department, they're going to bowl you over in the 10 minutes with their personality. Yeah, I would say that. Personality. fair. But other than, if, and follow that instinct. If you don't like somebody in the first 15 minutes, you're not going to ever like them. I feel like that about a book. I give it 25 pages. It used to be 50. I only give it 25 now. Well, you've got ADD. <laughs> well, I know. So you've had to cut things back. But I've had to cut things back to manage my time better. is a better uh, predictor of oh. a book. Just like, okay, how many show, How many episodes of a show do you give something? Two to three. Yeah, same. Two to three. Yeah. So I think everybody Depends. has their cutoff points, but I would say with the 15 minutes, you do know. And you yeah. know if you're screwed, if you ordered some food, and you, you have to stay there. That's why I never order food. Well, Try not to do those It's food really dates. hard... When, yeah, just be careful, people. My only, only, only advice, and I'm just going to continue talk on the phone first, because if you yes, can voice. tell so much about their voice and if they can hold, have a conversation yes. with you, because some people are more clever with their thumbs yeah. in the texting. Or like David Beckham, who's got a bad voice and no BDE. That guy does not have BDE because of his voice. You it, can't wait. have big D energy with a voice like that as as a guy. I'm just mm-hmm. saying automatically you just think no oh i died i died i <laughs> when was you met him. don't you, i still remember the earrings i had on from jb hudson the h stern earrings <sighs> oh. my outfit my monique lulier you top were, uh, we, I, I was i knew he was going to run away with you i was so excited to meet him and then he opened his mouth hi hi david beckham <laughs> Oh, I thought I just, you couldn't even, my face, I'm sure it just dropped. All right, listen, we come back. It's our story. We can't get enough. Uh, why are we playing Whitney? Because on Good Morning America this morning, they had an exclusive sit down with um, Whitney Houston's sister-in-law and um, who is the executive uh, producer and former uh, manager of Whitney, and she's Whitney's sister-in-law. She's married to her brother. Uh, she's produced this documentary that is going to uh, be out in theaters next Friday. And is is that Pat Houston we're yes. talking about? Okay. And this is Whitney, the one that premiered at the Cannes Film Festival. So let's uh, let's play the description, Donnie, of what the what we're going to see in this uh, documentary, just simply titled Whitney. Epic, that voice, a showstopper, gracing the top 10 charts for more than two decades. Then came the startling spiral, the fall from grace, and Whitney Houston's stunning death. In the new documentary, Whitney, those closest to the superstar break their silence with a raw, honest peek into her tragic life and death. I wanted to 
tell her life story, to celebrate her, her to try and explain her. The film filled with haunting, never-before-seen home videos, hinting at the singer's fragility. Her brothers and sister-in-law Pat revealing what they say is a dark family secret, a bombshell claim that Houston was molested as a child. In the film, it's alleged cousin Dee Dee Warwick, who died in 2008, was the abuser, sister to famed Dionne Warwick. And family members shed new light on Houston's cocaine addiction, Gary admitting he often got high with his sister, but realized she was in trouble when she began missing shows. Because she was high? Because she was using somewhere, or, or coming down from using and not being able to perform at the best of her level. For the first time, the inner circle sharing details about Houston's close personal relationship with creative director Robin Crawford. And Houston's tumultuous marriage to singer Bobby Brown. Some saying he felt eclipsed by his wife. When you got people in the media talking about Mr. Houston instead of Mr. Brown, you know, he let it get to him. But perhaps the most poignant moment in the film, Houston improvising and beautifully singing to her young daughter, Bobby Christina, who at age 22 would eerily die just like her mom three years after Houston's death. Painful memories for the singer's family. Some saying that she was haunted by thoughts that maybe she wasn't a good enough mother. So many of the family's uh, secrets laid bare in this powerful documentary. Oh, and I mean, it, it does for them look, to, to for them to talk about her molestation, everything and for to talk about her relationship with Robin and to talk about drug use, the drug use. Um, and, you know, it's really hard to believe that her daughter died the exact same way. So eerie. And that she's they're both gone. Yeah. And in the clip that that you see in the movie. It's from, I think it was Madison Square Garden and Whitney brought up Bobby Christina and she's maybe like three or four. She's so cute. And just, yeah, so cute. And then they showed a clip where Bobby was raging, you know, don't call her uh, Miss Houston, call her Mrs. Brown, you know. Right. So he really was jealous of her oh. stardom. But let's play, these are then, um, this, they, GMA did a, a sit down um it was, um, you know, Al Roker's wife. Mm -hmm. I forget what her name is. I do too. She's darling. Darling, love her. She sat down with Pat Houston. You made this movie. You say it could only have been told by the people who really knew her. Exactly. You know, people that have dealt with her emotions from the day she was born until the day she died. That people that were around her, people that really knew her, you know, and had to deal with um, everything. Really lived what she lived, actually. And you see that play out in the movie. Uh, we see some really intimate scenes. We hear stories about her that we had never heard and known before. You know, I, I want to ask, I wonder, because you decided to tell such an intimate story, were you concerned at all that this could have been seen as a betrayal? Uh, is this the version of, of the story Whitney would have wanted out there? Well, it's, uh, you know, everyone that has a life has a story. It's her story and it's played out. Um, in the documentary. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on on UAPpodcast.com. 
I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. She has, um, she narrated a lot of it herself. So, yeah, it's just her life and her story as, as the family would see it and the friends who dealt with her every single day. I want to see this movie. Oh, I, I mean, did, this is why. Did anyone talk to Ray J? Well, no, I don't. I don't. I don't Her think so. Her boyfriend at the end. Yeah, I don't think so yeah. because he wasn't uh, that important. He was like a distraction and a boy toy kind of a thing. But here's the uh, uh, about. Was it hard, you know, for all these you know people in the family to share and tell to these finally stories? tell the truth? Yeah. Kind of. One of the stories that you tell in it tells uh, the story of your husband, Gary, um, speaks in it. They talk about introducing her to drugs when she was just 16 years old. This started really, really young. Was it hard to, to tell these stories, such a such a intimate details, some, some really raw stories about that? Well, it was, wasn't my husband, Gary. It was my brother-in-law. Your brother-in-law, sorry, yes. Yes. Um, you know... For him, I guess it was therapeutic to really talk about it. You know, it was like a pressure pressure cooker, you know, opening up, you know, for him to reveal and just, he was speaking about himself and, and talking about his sister, his sister, but, you know, he just needed to talk. And, you know, after sharing his sister with the world for over 30 years and just having to protect an image, you know, that moment was his and he just talked. You know, and it kind of um, was kind of a, a healing uh, process for him as well. Because it's like Elvis or Prince. We don't judge Whitney for what her struggles were. People love her voice, her right. talent. That stays with us. But but think about being a sibling and having to protect that image. Well, you they, can never talk the but truth. They always, always. Everyone does that. Elvis no, is in her circle. Well, and I'm just talking and, about how that, what she said about her, you know, husband, how it was a cathartic thing for him to be talking the truth yeah about his but, sister. yeah because you can't see you can't be you can't be outing your your sibling while they're alive exactly. and if you're on their payroll and exactly you're doing all of that so let's play the next one but when i spoke with you and gary you talked about the healing and there's so much of this film that is sort of dark and shocking but you also talked about tender moments whitney having the bible that her mom gave her even till her death really you know what you know <clears throat> a, a, a lot of theories about her and her mother not being close are just absolutely false. You know, Whitney carried, she wore her mother's Fendi um, slippers all the time. She wore, she had a, a purse and she had her mother's scarf tied around her scarf everywhere. It didn't matter where she was traveling to. She had that scarf on her bag. And um, that Bible, you know, Whitney has traveled all over the world. She has moved from, um, had homes in Florida, New Jersey, um, California, but she still had her mother's Bible. And it was given to her, it was signed 1987, and it was, uh, um, her mother just stated in there, take God with you everywhere you go. So she had her mother with her all the time. She, she really respected her mother, you know, she really and truly did. And uh, that, that's, that's a blessing. 
Aww. So, I mean, I like that we're going to find out those oh, no kind of stories. When we come back after the break, there's just one last um, question that uh, they have for Pat Houston on this Whitney. And that's just what the, it's called about the family members and friends or people in the circle that enabled Whitney. Yeah. So Pat will answer that when we come back. And Julia, good news for Serena. Morning and or celebrating the fact that their work productivity was hindered by the fact that Slack was down. So, you know, (laughs) I know, Donnie, you're so sensitive to other people's. uh, mm, I have no idea what it is, so it doesn't really matter. Oh, that's okay. Here's your semaphore flags, Donnie. Okay, thank you. Okay, bye. That's what's trying to care of my talk. Probably cloudy, 67 tonight, 88 and sunny tomorrow. And that's a precursor Friday. Are you ready? 96 on Friday. Right now it is 80 here at my talk. Now you know what we know. See more at mytalk1071.com. I just had to let you know your Hey everybody, welcome back to My Talk 1071. So we were talking about the Whitney Houston documentary that's just called Whitney. Coming out. It's a good name. It'll yeah. be easy to remember. Easy to remember. Coming out next Friday, July 6th. And uh, this is a good morning, America Exclusive with Pat Houston, sister-in-law of Whitney, former manager. And the last cut that we have is just, what do you say to people who feel that there were people in Whitney's circle, including possibly family, who enabled her? Mm-hmm. What do you say to people who say that maybe family members helped enable Whitney in the end? Well, you know, when Whitney became who she became, a superstar and an icon, Whitney wanted her family there. Everybody else to her was a stranger. Everybody else had to be hired. Her family didn't. They were going to be there regardless. So um, I, I, I can honestly say, yeah, we, we could enable sometimes with certain things. I mean, she was a brat sometimes, you know. For me, I called her my bratty little sister, you know. But um, family's going to always be around, and it's good. And sometimes family's there for a, a different type of support than people that work around you. So family was always good. And what are you going to say to people who might look at this and say, maybe the family let her down? What are you going to say to those folks? That is not true. Her family has always been there for her. And I know that because I've been around for nearly 30 years. You know, any, anything or anything, for anything that was happening or going on, I would always go to the boss, and that was her mom. You know, and she would support anything that we needed to do. You know, and... Um, there were lots of struggles, but when you have strength like that coming from Sissy, and she's a very, 
spiritual woman. You know, a, a, a lot of things go on in your life, but she has such a strong foundation in, in God. And um, she taught that to her kids. You know, she did. Aww. Well, you know, I have a, I'm just taking that into a couple different ways. Okay, well, so I mean, this is the family talking about, you know, the question was, what do you, what do you think when people talk that you were enabling her? I mean, she was in so much trouble for so long. And her and Bobby Brown had that. She's going to, your big, people, individual people are going to do what people are going to do. Mm-hmm. A family can't stop you from I understand. doing anything like that. And you, all you can do is go, well, at least I can be around. I can maybe help. But I mean, she, I'm sure, was a, a force. And like, you know, I mean, it would be the same thing with all of Elvis. Well, you know, and Prince. I mean, you think about, yes. but no one even knew about Prince's use. No, and people and, never know until somebody dies. Right. You never really know how extensive, bad, how extensive it is. Right. And, and I do think that it, that is the 10 with a lot of people who become famous at early ages to keep family members around because at least you know you can trust them because the glommers and the bloodsuckers mm-hmm. and the con people come mm-hmm. out of the woodwork probably. And then your family goes against you like what happened to Madonna with her brother Michael. Well, that's they turn the very, on you. that is such a that but is I mean, such a segue there. Well, no, I'm just thinking the people who keep their family around. I just, Whitney was just in so much trouble for so many years. But people didn't know that. Yeah. You know, people didn't know that to the extent that it was. We really only saw it when we didn't have any idea until being Bobby Brown. That reality show, that's when we knew. I thought we knew when crack was whack. Okay, but she was, no, that was Diane Sawyer. Oh, okay. And and it was, uh, um, and that was after, I don't know, I feel like it might have been like the National Enquirer had Mm -hmm. gotten some photos or something like that of her. But I, it was really when well, I remember Bobby seeing Brown was the grossest thing in the world that we couldn't even watch that no. show when we were on the air and it made us so upset mm-hmm. at what was going on. That was when we really were like, whoa, this is worse than we thought. Right. You know, because it had been hinted at yeah. there were tabloidy stories mm-hmm. here and there, mm-hmm. but we didn't really see like, oh, my gosh. Holy. Really that was happening. horrible. Holy hell. Um, I guess last night there was a gal on America's Got Talent, uh, a 40-year-old who won the Eurovision in 2005, Glennis Grace. She sang Whitney's song, Run to You. And oh, I love that song. They were, they were just like blown away at how good she was. And I guess she that's all she does is do does Whitney. Oh, and she travels all o- around the world. And so maybe, Donnie, you can find it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Glennis Because that's such a great song. Oh, it really that's is. That's a great song. I mean, you know, and she sings all of them. And she, so anyway, she's 40 years old and on America's Got Talent. And you, Mel B was like, how are you not a star? And she said, well, I kind of am a star. I travel all, I travel all over and she doesn't impersonate her, but her voice. Okay. Really. Right, here we go. Okay. Then when you look at me. Wow. There's so much that you just don't see, buddy. You are only take the time. I know in my heart you find. Oh, all the girls are scared sometimes. Who isn't always strong? Can't you see the hurting me? I feel so all alone. Wow, she's very good. Yeah, 
Lennis. Yeah, very good. Yes. Lennis wow. Grace. Lennis Grace. So mm-hmm. if she ever comes to town, or maybe she's going to win this America's Got Talent, but, the, you know, she's 40. Mm-hmm. She's got a beautiful voice. Beautiful voice. And, yeah, she oh. does all Whitney. So, um, it's okay. just tragic. All right, tragic. would you like to hear about your news about Serena Williams? Well, this is exciting news for her yeah. and for women in tennis. Let's roll the GMA audio. All right. Tournaments like Wimbledon will seed players in their tournament based on their world rankings. Now, Serena dropped to 183 in the world because she hasn't played a lot after coming back from maternity leave. Well, Wimbledon is now making an exception, and they're not going to, as some say, punish her for having a baby. A major decision from Wimbledon overnight, deciding Serena Williams will be seated 25th in the upcoming Wimbledon tournament. It's a successful return here in an hour and three quarters. The announcement follows criticism of the way players' rankings are affected by taking time off to have a baby. In her 13 months off the court, her ranking slid from number one in the world when she won the 2017 Australian Open during her first trimester to 454th at the French Open in May. The 23-time Grand Slam champion has since clawed her way back to 183rd in the world. Williams told ABC News Tuesday before the decision was announced she hopes the rules are changed. I think um, and I hope and it should be under review to change these rules. Maybe not in time for me before the next person. Williams, who shared the birth of her daughter Alexis on her HBO docuseries, Being Serena, has received support from fellow tennis pros Caroline Wozniacki, John McEnroe, and James Blake, who have called for tournaments not to punish her for becoming a mom. That tells you the importance that this story takes in the tennis community. No surprise. Serena Williams is the greatest of all time, and they get it. Now, the French Open did not make an exception, and remember, she was not seated. The U.S. Open has already said that they will absolutely take this into account, uh, but uh, Wimbledon is making an exception for her. Explain to people why seeding is so important. Well, it's a big deal because it, it determines who you're going to play. You get a higher seed, you're not going to have to face as tough of an opponent. Early now, on. Early on. Now, it's not fair to Serena, some will argue, but it's also not fair to top-seeded players that an yeah. unseated Serena, you have to see her in the first, second, third round. That's <laughs> mm-hmm. not fair to them either. So I love that. And yeah. I guess the draws come out on Friday and mm-hmm. Wimbledon starts on M- Monday. And my the brother second? said, yeah, there's a couple of uh, hot Croatians that are, oh. he's been watching some some lawn tournament or grass tournament. Well, they do a pre-tournament. Yeah, so everyone's over there right now playing that. on yeah. grass and to get he, used yeah, to it. So he's, the been, he's been texting me pictures of different european hotties that he's he's keeping his eye on that will, that, that that are lower seeds that he thinks are going somewhere oh I, I love it you know again the, the 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 tennis enthusiasm from him is hilarious well this is cool because she's number 25 now mm-hmm. so that's i really think that was a wise choice and it'll make more people watch it i mean we want to cheer for serena yeah. And, you know, if she has to go so many extra rounds and everything, I'm I'm thrilled for Okay, her. so when you watch Wimbledon, John mm-hmm. McEnroe's announcer and uh, Martina Navratilova are announcers. And mm-hmm. back in March, Martina Navratilova said that she found out that the BBC was paying John McEnroe mm-hmm. 10 times what they paid for her Wimbledon commentary. Um, and it's true. They paid her about 20 k and they paid 
him two hundred thousand. And so they they comment and do commentary on different levels of matches. Yes, I know. But he's not worth that much more at all. She is so good. Well, Martina. Yeah, that's what people are saying. She's the more knowledgeable commentator that you actually learn like kind of a lot of amazing stuff where. John's novelty is worn off for me because I kind of liked him because he would, you know, he was a straight shooter. He would, you know, didn't he only give a crap about really the top players and didn't know too much about anybody Mm -hmm. that wasn't a known name? Lori, I haven't watched it that much, but Mm -hmm. I do always watch it. And I am excited when I see one of the brothers or his brother, Patrick, I believe is another commentator. But I like uh, Patrick is his name. Yes. He's very good. And Martina has just started doing it. She hasn't been doing it a lot because the other one that used to do it is Nancy Donnie. What's her her name? Oh, gosh. She's so good at it. She's so good. She's got the dark hair. Yes, she's very, very good. She's so good. Well, Macro says he is supportive of the equal pay principle. But here's what he says. If the girl does a better job, she should get more money. But it's like if you work at a paper and there's a woman and a man, you're going to get paid. Paid based on the job that you do in the opinion of the paper. I'm like, okay. Well, that was a disconnect. <laughs> but he basically... I'm like, okay, so the Tennis Boys Club obviously prefers you, John McEnroe. That's well, they how do. they decided. Well, the, he's a bigger name. Because there's, no, there's no way to really quantify who's doing a better no. job than the other when it comes to commentating, I guess. Well, there no, kind of is. There is. There is. is. You yeah. can tell who's doing a good yeah. job if you watch it a lot. Well, listen, Who, Mary Carilla was the name. Thank Julia you. Yeah. She's so good at it. You can tell when they really know their stuff. Yeah. And it helps you as in watching it understand, you know, what they've had to go through to get there. And he can't pull the color out and give you fill back fill the story. Oh, John? Right. Well, why not? Because he doesn't want to know. I, I don't know that that's yeah. his thing. I mm-hmm. just watched him. He was playing a tennis match yesterday against a Philip Pusapus, Donnie, what's his name? Philippusus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Philippusus. And I still like watching him play tennis. He's just not... Yeah, he's more popular with the BBC bosses. That is really what Probably. the breakdown on that is. You know, is. And it used to be kind of fun to watch him do it, but I do think that there are better people. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll... Maybe we will both. And Martina attention. hasn't been doing it that long. Yeah. So I mean, Billie Jean King used to do it a lot. Mm-hmm. She doesn't do well, it. Chris but, ever did it. Chris ever did it. Time. I loved watching her, but I love yeah. this Mary. Mary Carillo. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's so good. Okay. Yeah. All right. Listen, when we come back, um, this celebrity dermatologist says this thing is out. I think I think people are going to be excited to know about this news. About are we going to be excited? Part. Well, it maybe. Okay. I like big ten. You say you want to get in my bins? Well, use me, use me, because you ain't that average groupie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, sir. Mix a lot. Here is your butt news of the okay, day. Okay, and thank you, because we've needed to know about we it. We have, because we're getting it from a good source. It's Dr. Harold Lancer of Beverly Hills, who is a... A butt specialist. He's an A-list dermatologist to the stars. Let me give you... Two stars who have gone to him for their round rumps are Kim Kardashian and Jennifer Lopez. Okay. He also treats Beyonce, Margot Robbie, Michelle Williams, and many more. Now, I'm not saying everything is for butts. Right. But other, he's just, here's what he said. He said the fad of gigantic butt augmentation is on its way out in an interview with Preta Porter magazine. Preta Porter, which you know, they always. Give I us don't the even good know stuff. if I'm saying it right. You that that, okay. that is yeah. people wanting a distortion of their rear end is in its last 
death throes. <laughs> Good. Yes. Because okay. I feel like there's a cycle and now people realize what it looks like when you have to live with it after yeah. the initial poof. And, and that you have to keep poofing or inflating or it's getting bigger or things are happening what do you back do there. What other with all fat that extra stuff? fat? Well, as Dr. Crutchfield told us, adipose, adipose fat making other fat and it's getting who knows what's happening. But he said, um, he said, so yeah, let's, the fat of gigantic butt augmentation is on its way out. So uh, that's let's what have he, a toast. That's what he's seen because here, here. He, he's been for three years pumping up the jam right. in the booties. He said, Told Preda Porter that cleavage lines are the latest red carpet worry of the ultra famous and shallow. What is that? I will tell you what this is. Cleavage this lines. Is, this is <laughs> if you have any fat on your body um, and as you age, you... Um, this is what we're talking about, right, Lori? Yeah, the cleavage. And you line. sleep on your chest funny or something and you have a wrinkled chest, too much sun. You have wrinkles that go vertical from your neck down to your cleavage. Your decolletage. They're called cleavage. Cleavage lines. Yeah. Oh. So, so we have something new to worry about, people. <laughs> and he, what he does he is... He fills them. Radio I, frequency microneedling to get rid of... That microneedling. Cleavage lines. So mm-hmm. he said we've moved on to this new thing. Also, earlobe filler is on the rise. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had this done years ago. I had because of my pierced ears. You've been a plastic surgery pioneer with I some have, of these things. But I had my ears sewn, my original pierced ears. I had my holes sewn shut and I yeah. started all over again. Yeah. Because from after, the 80s. Yeah. From the heavy earrings. I mean, just age, you know. Yeah. So they do. He does earlobe fillers and then bringing up the tip of the nose with a drop of Botox. Yes. It's his other yes, one. And, and I've seen that done on people I know, too. And Not it, myself. But it works, right? Yeah. It just kind of brings mm-hmm. it up. And he, he, Dr. Uh, Harold Patrick Lance, Dempsey needs to do it. What? His earlobes? No, his nose. Oh, his his nose. nose. Bring up the tip. Oh. Dr. Harold Lancer of Beverly Hills said uh, five years ago, men were one in 20 patients. Now it's more like one in eight in all age groups, by the way. Yeah. So big butts are out. Yeah. So uh, well, this is, this is... First of all, I think it's just so unsafe. And who would? Well, they wouldn't do it. Dermatologists right. wouldn't do anything right. if it if you you couldn't do it. I mean, yes, when you go, you know, it just reminds me of the old nip tuck days. Oh yeah, when, you know the bubbly, you know the fake Botox. They were shooting bubbly in their yeah. butts or everywhere. Well, cement. I mean, I've seen some of the. I saw a butch, a budged, a, a botched, but. Episode. This is botched on E, yeah. where they help people who have yes. really extreme there issues. There was a lady that had a bad butt augmentation, and the doctors had to repair the damage. The damage, right? So it's scary. It's it's very real. It's okay, scary. So something that's very real. Um, did you see the Tonight Show last night? I did. Jimmy Fallon. Did you watch it? Oh for no, Keith I didn't Urban? see Jimmy Fallon. No, I'm getting it mixed up with one of the other night shows. Sorry about that. Stephen yeah. Colbert. Yeah, yeah, because he had Hugh Grant. I know he did. I, know. So I Keith, had to watch him. Keith Urban uh, stopped by the Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon on Tuesday to perform "Coming Home" off of his new album "Graffiti You," and he's going to be here at the Target Center this fall. But um, uh, the funny thing that the late night guys did last night: Stephen Colbert opened his show with a laptop. On a Skype call with Jimmy Fallon and ended up bringing in Conan. Yeah. And it was all about how President Trump had gone after them, you know, sort of right, a, right. Yeah, about the yeah, late yeah. night guys. It was absolutely yeah. hysterical. Conan was like, wait, 
Donald Trump is the president, you know, because he's always the late night host <laughs> yes. that everybody forgets about. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. it was it, it was, was a very funny. funny bit. Okay, but Keith Urban, uh, did we post this too, Donnie? So we did. people can I enjoy watch him. It, yeah. Sampled from the Merle Haggard song, and when you get to the more of the chorus, yeah, from that Merle Haggard "Mama Tried," right? Okay, the cover oh, yeah, graffiti. Go. You, he looks hot. Yeah, he does. That's a title straight out of Prince's thing. Is now, this yeah, new is. Prince uh, is this news going to be the same thing that happened with the other albums that Sony announced, and then the family will come out against it? Prince Estate signs deal with Sony Music to re-release thirty-five catalog albums. And the Are fan- you asking me or Donnie? I'm asking both of you because every time Prince news comes out about these new albums, then the family says that they're going to. No, it's not. And this one, the Prince's state entertainment advisor says, we're looking forward to working with the heirs and Sony on giving fans what they've been waiting for. More great music from Prince. Wow. I mean, have they settled that they're the heirs? Do they know any of them? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I mean, this lays out... So the this deal will, that goes on starting in 2021 is the paragraph I'm starting with. What? I mean, if you read down, it's, it's all of his albums, albums that they're going to from 1995 mm-hmm. to 2010. And then also they've already have the early ones, 1979 to 1992. But the last time we got the Prince music news, the family said, oh, no, you don't. I'm very confused. About I think all we of it. should have on um, John Breen. All right, maybe. and he yeah. can. Well, he can. I don't know. He's not a lawyer, so yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> he, he doesn't knows know what's going on. I mean, I really. They. It feels like we get something every other day about something new with Prince, yes. and then the family, like four or five days later, oh, Oops. we're going back to court. No, we, we don't. We decided, know about that. nope, yeah. not going to happen. I don't, I don't think the family can stop this. I think yeah. Sony has the rights, and yeah. they can put it out. Our, well, and the fans would buy it, and yes, they would they like would. it absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And if they share the money with the family. And by the way, Julia, the next time you see Barry Gibb, uh, call him Night Fever <laughs> with <laughs> like a K. That. I know yes. he got knighted. He got knighted the, earlier in the week. I know. So Barry. Tuesday. What day is it? Is it only Wednesday? It's only Wednesday. Tuesday. Boy, I feel like I saw that news over the weekend, though. The Queen has had a very busy royal ascot. Then she had the young leader. She met Beckham. She got accosted by Susan Sarandon, Sarandon. in a white dress who approached her. And, and now she's knighted Barry Gibb, the original Moose Knuckle. <laughs> and he is. God love it. Wear white, high-waisted polyester pants. Oh, Lord. We'll be back.